Gamers Index, dude. Year 2016 is going to be our year, dude. I'm not, I'm not even joking. I think this is going to be Dude, I, I really take the guerrilla marketing idea. I'm totally down to do that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, things like that. Also, you know what else we could do? Our Coffee Meets Bagel profiles? Boom. Just, just a picture of that shit. Ooh, that's a good one, too. Tinder profile, same thing. Yeah, I like that. That's how that's how you get them. Oh, that's some viral marketing shit right there. That's some viral marketing shit right there. Oh, I like dude, that. I'm a gorilla, dude. I've seen that before. Like, right for shitty advertisers. Like, hey, this isn't one of those stupid ads. This is like an actual podcast. You should check it out. It feels like podcasts are at the point where it's like more and more people are getting them, but they're not yet, you know, they're not there yet, you know? So it's like we still could get in there kind of, not early per se, but it's like before it just becomes like blase, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. It's like people still know about podcasts, but like you still got to be like, if people listen to a lot of podcasts and they're good podcasts, like they're still kind of like, oh, that's that's yeah, that's interesting. Like I'm automatically more interested in you as a person. Right, right, you know? right, right, right. right. <laughs> it's um, like as DJ Loyal, as a DJ Khaled would say, you a genius, <laughs> you smart, you loyal. Uh, I don't <laughs> watch this shit, DJ Khaled. It's so Khaled. Episode 11, Mark 2, which we'll get into later of the Unwise Index starts now. First episode of 2016, fret not, we are back. We back. Co-host Akshay, joined by... Joined Joel by... Joel Monik. I know y'all missed us. I know y'all missed us, but y- never fear, guys. We would have come back. We just got to take our time. We were exploring. You know how people get fashionably late to parties? That's how uh, we're fashionably late to 2016. Exactly. That's how we right? roll, y'all. That's how, we, that's that's how, we, how roll. we roll. So how's it been, man? 2016 started, you know, things are moving. It is moving. You know, it's actually been going pretty fast. This year, you know, I think I'm appreciating 2016 a little bit more than I appreciated 2015 already. It's like, yes, it's been almost two months into the year, but I feel like it's been a good two months. It's been a solid two months. You know, lots, lots has happened. It's been busy, but, you know, I feel like I, I made sort of a, you know, I don't, we, we can talk about resolutions if we want, but it's like I don't really have any concrete resolutions. It's more like I just wanted to be a little bit more present this year, be a little bit more focused. Yeah. And I think, you know, I don't want to I don't want to call the shots early, but I think I think I'm doing OK. What about you? What about you? I resonate with that. But I think the main thing is that, you know, when people are like, yo, where's the unwise index at? And I'm like. A lot of people been asking. A lot of people been asking, and we did this for y'all. And what I'm excited about 2016, this is our year. This is our year. We're, otherwise, it's going to be rising to the top of the charts. But don't think we're going to forget about those folks that were there early. No, we I want you on board. You. We want you as guest speakers. <laughs> oh yeah, lots of lots of preeminent guests will be on this year. Stay tuned. Yeah, and we're hiring currently marketing interns. Uh, so if you want to. Yep. Spread the word of the Unwise Index with some guerrilla marketing. You know, you got some growth hacking involved. Hit us up. Hashtag growth hacker. Hit us up. We'll hook you up. Yep. We won't pay, but you can put the shit on your resume. That's for damn sure. You can put that shit on your resume. Um, you know, you get you'll get paid in uh, non-monetary ways. You know, you'll get paid through life experience. Street you get paid cred. Through street cred. Through like feeling the feeling of enrichment. I mean, how can you put a price on that? And, and you know? real friends. Hashtag real friends. Real friends. Real friend, we got to talk about that Kanye album a little bit. Speaking of real friends, I think the thing I look, you know, I was looking forward to music this year, right? Like, I, there are a couple albums I'm looking Hashtag forward to. Hashtag music. Hashtag music, but music. But the thing is, like, I don't have to look forward to anything anymore because Kanye dropped an album. The Life of Pablo. Kanye dropped an T-Lop. album that, you know, is, uh, we'll talk about exactly what I think about it, but. There's nothing else to look forward to. It's, it's, he's kind of shut down the game. It's already next. My, my favorite tweet of the year already, Kanye, you know, already shut down the game of 2016. Again, 2016 might as well just be over right now. It's already, it's already been such a good year. Uh, Kanye said, this is not the album of the year. This is the album of the life. Yeah, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even call it next level, right? Level implies yeah. that you're on a, a playing field and you're stepping up different levels of a ladder, right? Or, or progressing mm-hmm. in stages. This is not even in the same ballpark. This is... I don't even know how to describe it. It's on a different... Some intergalactic <laughs> shit. Intergalactic level. You know, this is some multiverse level shit going on with Kanye's new album. 
So break it down. What do you what you think of the album? Before we have to talk about a little bit about the craziness before the album drop, right? And yeah. I still feel this was brilliant marketing by Kanye, which is if people I don't know if people don't know like. Uh, so Kanye changed the album's name multiple times in the past few months, right? So Waves, uh, Wolves, So Help Me God. Finally, it's called The Life of Pablo. But there were like four or five other names in there at some point. He was just like tweeting them out. Like Kanye went on like full Kanye Twitter mode again, like 2011, 2010 mode of Twitter, like just stream of consciousness. Yeah. Like this is why Twitter's great mode. And like he was just – at one point like Kim Kardashian put out like a poll, which album name do you want? Yeah, <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> yeah so he did this. And I think like – so we have to talk about like the internal Kanye psyche if he's as crazy as he presents himself to be to the public. He's a genius, man. Or is he Spoiler. just a marketing genius? He's like, I'm going to change the name. And each time I change the name, there's going to be an article about it. And each time there's an article about it, there's more press to my album. There's more like people, more eyeballs looking at it. So he did that. And then he changed the track list. And then he drove people to yeah. his Twitter just like waiting on bated breath about what crazy shit he's going to say about this album. Like, you know, as you just said, this is an album of the year. This is an album of the life telling Pitchfork that this is a 30 out of 10, <laughs> like, it's not even that. on the scale. Um, so he's he definitely set the stage really well for people to be super excited and have their expectations really high. And he hit them, for the most part, from what I'm seeing of, you know, public reaction from a lot of Kanye's fans yeah. and people on the uh, on, on the edge really enjoy the album. Um, so we can go jump right into what he thought of it. Yeah, what did you, so what did you think of the album? Because, you know, you, I, think, I think I'm probably going to be more in sync with some of those fans you mentioned. Yeah. But what, what did you think? As somebody who has had early Kanye fan, not as much of a fan perhaps as I am yeah. of, of the later stages of stuff, like what did you think of it? So when I, when I turned it on the first time, uh, and I won't even get into how much of an issue it was to download and find this damn shit. He was pushing Tidal. Hashtag Tidal. Which was a mess, right? Like... Um, yeah, they, it was. It, you know, remember I told you they uh, I tried to buy it and um, it didn't like let me yeah, download. Yeah, that was a that was a mess. They that charged my card. They actually charged my card and I couldn't even download it. Oh yeah. shit! And then I had to make a title Thank account you, and um, I haven't followed up and seen how I can you know reject that charge. But I finally got in a title and started listening. In the first track, Ultra Light Beam, I was like, oh shit, you know this is this is some goodness. Like if the album maintains this quality. Um, then we're talking like the, the the rumors are true, the hype was true because um, Ultralight Beam, like breaking it down, was you know heavily gospel inspired, like beautiful rousing synths and strings in the middle of the track, and you have this like uh, child like speaking in the beginning, like sets the tone, and then these gospel choir singers singing in the background, and it's just like a beautiful sounding song. Um, and Chance the rapper spits like the verse of his life. Oh yeah, yeah. Chance was killer on it, and like it reminded me of like Jesus walks back in the day, tying back into his religious roots and like building that into a song and having it also heavily inspired by that. Um, so I, I liked Ultralight Beam quite a bit, and I thought that this is going to be killer. I'm like super fucking excited to listen to the rest of the album. And then it, like as I progress, and there's a couple of bangers, right? Like part, Father Stretch My Hands Part Two, killer beat. I can see that in the club and people going ballistic in the club listening to that. Yeah. You know, Wolves had a solid, solid sound in the background. The synths in the background when you start were really, really cool. Um, But then in terms of my main issue with the entire album and my main issue with Kanye of today is the lyrics, man. The lyrics, dude, are so (laughs) piss poor, right? There's... Well, I mean, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, like, I don't think that's, you know, this I'll get into my opinion here in a sec, but I think it is... It's safe to say 
you could say it's on Yeezus, I think, more so than on The Life of Pablo, this latest album. But I think, like, the lyrics on this latest one are, like, kind of more, like, there's a high variance, right? It's like there's some really, like, I think No Parties in L.A., I think Real Friends. Um, I think, like, a few other tracks have some pretty, you know, not, like, maybe not old-school Kanye-esque, like, introspective lyrics. But I think, like, what's crazy is, like, sort of the jarring like switching between like just ridiculous goofy dumb lyrics and like lyrics that are actually like I think pretty good flow pretty good pretty pretty in, pretty insightful I don't know I don't I think it's just like all over the map though it's just like it's messy right? it's really messy and I mean I think that uh, you know this gives me reason to believe that maybe his you know switching up the track listing wasn't a forced marketing tactic but more of he actually didn't know how to arrange the shit well for things to flow well because there is largely no coherence. I mean, the first three songs, there's coherence from Ultralight being the Father Stretch My Hands Part 2. But after that, the themes in each song that's being discussed uh, and even kind of the actual production of each song varies quite heavily. And that's not a problem. Like, you can have a pastiche of different songs and tracks in an album without issue. But the problem and why, like, previous Kanye albums were so much more powerful, like My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy or College Dropout, from beginning to end, you could see that he was working towards something. And by the end of this album, I don't know what he was trying to work towards or convey. And he's treating this as like a masterpiece when what I took from this is, you know, a couple of singular uh, songs with strong samples and no yeah. cohesion uh, throughout the entirety of the album. And some really like cringeworthy tracks like FML. Really? Like I, I, like, I actually, I didn't like that album. I didn't like that uh, track quite as much. But some people like, I saw like, I was surprised to see a lot of people saying that was their favorite track. Well, the thing is, this is the issue, right? Like people are like, yo... You know, Kanye's really revealing himself, man. He's like, it's his, his authentic self. I just think anything. I just think anything with the weekend on it just automatically a banger for some people. Yeah, that's true. That's like true. the weekend. Yeah, the weekend. The weekend. The weekend was hot in that in that hook, but he somehow like topped the charts for like a year straight and still regarded as like an underground artist. I just can't. I just can't buy when Kanye's like, yo, I'm, uh, you know, pour out my feelings, revealing the layers to my soul, my soul. <laughs> He's repeating my soul, the layers to my soul. That whole like section. Yeah. I was like, oh man, I can't, I can't listen to this shit. That reverts back to parts of 808s and Heartbreak, where like he would do the auto tune thing to varying degrees of success. Like sometimes it would really like hit, and you'd be like, you know, this is like actually doing something cool and like evoking some emotions. Sometimes it's just like this is monotonic and not working. Yeah. Um. So. I thought the album like so so it's kind of harking back to what you said like the way so I'm a I'm a pretty big Kanye stan I like Kanye a lot yeah. people know this yeah. um, I just I, I like just sort of his zaniness and his like you know like like you said like, like sort of like this like, this very like messy artistic sort of person that he is like yeah. goofiness loudness brashness and all like and he's increasingly become a polarizing figure and I'm you know, still pretty squarely on the side of people it's like you know I, I dig it I get it I understand some of the creative frustration. Um, like I think it's kind of hilarious and, and, and insipid sometimes how he expresses it, but it's like, I get it. I get this. Well, guy. what do you mean you get it though? I, so I get like the frustration. Yeah. Sometimes I think it's like sort of a, a childlike or like a, a kind of goofy way in which he expresses his frustration, like the fashion industry or yeah. something. But it's like, whenever you watch interviews with the guy, it's like, you can tell he's actually a creatively frustrated person. Yeah. It's like he, and he, he doesn't know how to like maturely deal with it sometimes, but it's like part of me loves like just sort of the, like the raw emotional aspect of how he reacts to stuff. And like, I would agree with you that I I think like up till Dark Fantasy, I think Dark Fantasy was the point at which he made this sort of, in some ways, immaculate album in terms of cohesion, right? It was just like this end to end Baroque rap. It's like the only thing that's ever been like this crazy, like, it's of its kind. I think it's basically a standalone piece of art, like Dark Twisted Fantasy. Yeah, yeah. Um, and some people like it to various degrees, but I think like everything after that has been like 
sort of a more fragmented, messy, like jagged set of work. Like Yeezus was like a frustrated reaction to how he was treated in the fashion world. It's kind of hilarious that now that's like that 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 angry and that like distilled and people are like, man, what could have driven him? It's like like people are like, is he like going into like demonic tendencies? It's like no, he was just pissed off about fashion, yeah. which is hilarious. Yeah. Um, and I think like this is sort of like I think when I when I think about this album. I definitely think about what you said, which is, like, there's a messiness and sort of, like, a down-to-the-wire editing and, yeah. like, copy-pasting things around, which is, like, even on the cover of the album, it's, like, right. just a bunch of random shit, right? right? Which is hilarious, but it's, like, part of me is almost, like, that was, I don't want to give too much credit, but I think that was part of, like, the, like, this is what's going on inside the dude's head. Right. Like, he's just all over the map. He kind of has this, like, not to say schizophrenic, but kind of, like, ma- he's a manic personality, yeah. right? Like, that's kind of how he acts and how he thinks. He's, like prone to very high emo- emotional highs and lows and shit. And, like, he just jammed a bunch of shit he thought was was cool. He thought was, you know, was as he would say, he thought was uh, dope. It's like he's into dopeness. Like, dopeness is the quotient, yeah, right? Yeah. It's like all these tracks may not fit together, but it's like this is my art. I'm going to put it out there. And, like, I actually enjoyed the album, like, having a sort of, like, I didn't think of it as a cohesive yeah, piece of yeah. art. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't judge it as a good piece of art on that scale, but it's like, I, I like, like, every track is, like, it's switching it up, switching it up. All right, cool. Like, it's just, like... It does keep you engaged, and I, I guess that's fair to say that if he... But maybe that's just where my head's at right now, yeah. right? Like, maybe uh, somebody else is, like, I don't, get, I don't get this at all. But it's, like, as somebody who's followed the arc of this dude, this, this like, ridiculous, arc, you know, this ridiculous artist slash celebrity slash whatever, yeah. um, like, I, I can kind of understand what this thing is. Yeah. And, like, I, I respect it, and I don't think it's his most profound piece of work. Yeah. But I like I'm like, this is refreshing. This is like a refreshing I hundred percent agree with that. I can get by the fact that this dude is unhinged. He has a lot of thoughts coming to his mind. He might have a mental illness. Like they're friends of his that have like <laughs> quoted online, like, yo man, Connie needs like, some help, man. He needs some therapy, dude. Well he's like, you know, he's like he like he's like a very yeah, he's like he has like he's like what he's like he claims he's synesthetic. Like he has like all these different like he claims he has ADD, yeah. he claims he has yeah. like all these different things going on in his head that are atypical, yeah. right? It's like he probably has something going on that's not normal. Yeah, so right? like I, I can I can I buy that. And like when I ingest this album, what my concern is, is like, I'm not two years from now, I'm not going to be like, you know, I want to listen to the life of Pablo. I'm going to be like, you know, what, what was that one track? Oh yeah. No parties in LA. I'm going to go find that track and listen to just that track in, in isolation. Yeah, that's fair. Um, Cause I like, like whatever was conveyed there in the beats there. Uh, but the other idea is like this, like controlled chaos, which you're talking about. Cause if that's true, then it might make sense to jump from, you know, in the song freestyle four, when he's like, talking about, like, everyone fucking at the party. He's like, I don't know if you remember this part. He's like, where yeah, everybody stop fucking? Uh, yeah. Where everybody stop fucking? Like, this is, like, so weird. <laughs> just, and then, like, just great. two tracks after that, he's like, yo, I'm revealing my soul to you. Let me explain right, my just, layers like, of like, my soul. It's like, what? <laughs> Come on, dude. But at the same time, like, maybe his life is legitimately that crazy. But then my concern with that, generally, as a listener, is... Fine, Kanye. You're being authentic. You live a crazy lifestyle. I get it. Well, it's not just like, it's not. I'm not saying he lives that lifestyle. I'm like these are the thoughts that go through his head, right? Yeah. I, these are the kind yeah. of like little vignettes or fantasies that he has, even if they're not his real life. Yeah, but then then the question you have to ask yourself, at least the question that I ask myself when I'm listening to it, is like, is this the person? Like when I'm listening to music, I I, I think it's like are the artist like presenting themselves and their personal self on tape, and the closer they are to able to get to get to that point, the more I'm usually like it. Because I like the idea of like authentic music and people building whatever they you know care about their beliefs and desires into their music, and Kanye might be very very well doing that. But at the same time, the authentic Kanye is this a person I want in my life, right? 
And the extension is just the music well, I, I want in my life. I would differentiate, at least for me, where it's like, there are definitely people, and like Sufjan's a good example, other folks we both are big fans of, where it's like they are peering into their soul, and it's like, that's a lot of the appeal. It's like, I am getting like a like a main line of this person's like deepest emotional chambers. But for Kanye and like for other people, it's like that used to be the case, at least for this guy. But like I now view it as like here's a piece of work he's trying to put forth. And like maybe it's not like a direct revelation about himself or his life, but it's like I can tell he's trying to do something. Like what's authentic is like the attempt to do the thing. Yeah. Um, and it's like, yeah, it's like I, I don't know if I, I view it as like, oh, this is a representation of this guy and like do I resonate with what this guy's saying? It's like here's something he's trying to say. Here's this like strange story or this strange set of like images he's trying to put inside of your yeah. head. Um, and it's like, yeah, you might think it's reprehensible. You might think it's hilarious. Probably both. Um but yeah, it's, I, I view it as like him him making something versus him telling us about himself. Yeah, but like the, the word hilarious though, it's like there's certain tracks over here where I was actually laughing. Like the the Taylor Swift line, um, there, and even the, the line I was talking about earlier, like freestyle number four, it's like just so goofy. <laughs> my, my worry is I don't think Kanye as the creator uh, wants the listener to view that as hilarious. He wants the listener to view that as a serious topic, right? Oh, the... the... I think but the, the Equinox line, dude, is so good. What was the Equinox line? I forgot that one. I need every bad bitch up in Equinox. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're a freaking yeah, out. Yeah, I know you're freaking out. Like, that's, that, that, that is a, that's a meme-inspiring like line, Like, my concern right? about his music generally is he thinks of himself. He has obviously a large ego. He thinks of himself as a brilliant per, uh, creator and artist. And he's thinking... Mark Zuckerberg, put, just give him a billion dollars. Yeah, like, yo, give, give me a billion, billion dollars. dollars to fund Kanye West ideas, right? That's like... <laughs> I love that. It, it, it's hilarious, but... My my issue with him, but it's is not like, just pure hilarity. It's like I also love just like this dude is like, so like solipsistic might be the word, but it's just like he's willing to do. It. He's like, yep, I want to do this. You should do. You should give me a billion dollars. Like, why, like why not? But my, my my concern though is like he does that kind of stuff because he has a really high view of himself. Understandably, he guys, mad rich. He has a beautiful wife. He's famous, so on and so he's forth. Also, he's also made some really amazing pieces of work. I mean, like even if you don't think he still is doing it, like I think his first four or five albums are pretty amazing. Yeah, I guess I'd say College that. College dropout, late registration, graduation, 808s, dark twisted fantasy. What I'm saying is like, like he wants to be the cultural symbol for everyone plus other artists down the road. Well, as he said, he wants to be Walt Disney plus Michelangelo right. plus Steve Jobs. It's not that much, dude. He's not asking And my, my concern is that he is producing this music and when he writes these lyrics and he's putting these lines to paper, he's thinking this is great art. And if we're <laughs> viewing the lyrics as we, I, we listen to it and identify with it because we think it's funny and ironic... And he's interpreting it slightly differently. He thinks this is like well-established and built prose, and he wants this to influence other generations. My concern is, is Kanye like setting the precedent for like shitty, like asinine, inane lyrics? Part of me, part of me wonders if he even wants to be creating music anymore. Like I think about all the things he talks about wanting to do, like in fashion. Like you got to watch the Zane Lowe interview from 2010. Where even at a time like it's hey, it's hilarious. It's like an amazing interview of just like Kanye being himself. Um, like just an electric crazy person for like an hour and change. Um, but like one of the things he even references is like fashion is what I've been doing. Like like that's the thing I want to do. Like other sorts of creative things are what I want to do. Like music is what I'm good at. Music is what I kind of get boxed into yeah. doing. So like part of me wonders if it's like he knows like he still likes music. He still like is good at it uh, to, you know, like whatever your opinion is. I think, you know, pretty much has shown a knack for yeah. it, uh, at least in terms of being a commercially successful musician. But it's like he wants to, like, sort of bend or break the box. And, like, I think there's a frustration, I wonder, like, around with him, like, even having to do music anymore. Yeah. Like, yeah. he thinks he should be doing, like, billion-dollar ideas with Mark Zuckerberg. Oh, yeah. It's like, so, so part of this, like, sort of, like, you know, like, jigsaw puzzle, weird jaggedness to these albums, I think, comes from, like, 
in my opinion, like the frustration around like, dude, like why the like why the fuck am I, like, should I just like I'm done, I did the music thing I won the music thing yeah. I don't know but it's like he's still doing the music thing. Well, he, I, I, think, I think there's like a conflict in him even doing it. He released what he what he wants to do with a billion dollars. He has this like spreadsheet and chart. Yeah, there's seven screen <laughs> like, TV experiences. There's there's automobiles, homes, cars, like space, everything, everything, dude. <laughs> it's like, I love it. Well, the it's named after his mom, right? The the umbrella company Donda. Oh right, 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 um, right. right. Yeah, exactly, exactly. First trillion dollar company. That's the goal. <laughs> and I love it. I love that dreaming. Yeah, because he wants to be like uh, he wants to he wants like Mark Zuckerberg to be what is it the Medici family who sponsored Leonardo yeah. da Vinci yeah, exactly. Um, who gonna be my Medici family? That's what he's looking for. Like he's trying to be a modern day Leonardo da Vinci who like dabbles in all these different things and has a sphere of influence around it. And I just I want to make sure that you know the beauty of his songs are more more often than not the production and the beats. And maybe he's contributing a lot there, but I don't want Kanye designing my cars, dude. I don't want Kanye designing my house. That's my concern. It's like, I don't want his Why not? sphere of influence you know, to be that He could be amazing at it, dude. He could be amazing. I, I suppose it'll be like really, <laughs> like looking at the Life of Pablo cover. You want that shit as wallpaper in your house? <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely. I'll take it. <laughs> but saying all that, like some tracks on here are, I mean, I can see myself listening to this for a while. Like Fade, No Parties in LA, Wolves, Waves. Part Father Stretch My Hands Part Two Ultralight Beam. That's like half the album was like uh, not only good but great songs. I think yeah, Father Stretch My Hands Part One and Two. I think Famous is great. I think Feed. I actually like Feedback a lot. Um, I think Waves is Waves is great. Uh, yeah, like the, like the thing is like it's like I think uh, it was a comment on Reddit. I think that put it a pretty good way, which is like it's like a collection of really pretty solid songs. It's like you'd find a discography like years after the band broke right. up that you're like, wow, I didn't know about these songs. Right, right. Like they're all they're really all pretty, 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 solid, pretty yeah. good. And Fade was yeah, an interesting, like, like, um, interesting take. Like it, it like delved into BTS. I don't think he's really explored before. So that was a great closer. Also featured a, a featured a like a str- like a very up and coming kind of goofy white rapper from Texas named Post Malone, um, who I think does like the hook, like he does like the auto tune like hook on that. And I think like that was like just like if you like he has a knack for picking out like really strange obscure people and being like you will do like this one twenty second thing on my song yeah, yeah, <laughs> that yeah. you're not used to doing. <laughs> it's like it's like the dude's a rapper. He's not like a singer. You just put someone on tune and ask him to sing. Do you buy his fifty three million dollars in debt claim? So. This is where I just don't understand enough about the finance, financial life of celebrities to, to weigh in. But I, I have to imagine that even if he has $53 million in debt via Donda, via his own personal bank account, via whatever, um, it's like he's still married to the Kim Card. He's still married to Kim Kardashian. He's still part of the Kardashian royal family of reality television stars. Like there's no way in hell that like that's actually materially affecting yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. You say that, and then the next thing, this is part of Kanye's, like, schizo image, right? It's like he's like, I'm $53 million in debt. I'm hat in hand asking for money, Mark Zuckerberg. Then he's like, oh, I can also, like, buy good stuff for my family. doesn't mean, like, I have to do that. Like, he tweets that the next day. He's like, of course I can buy personal things, but I can't afford to create. Then, then on, like, uh, what is it, on, on facts, he's like, Kimoji made a million dollars a minute on the App Store. Oh, right, 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 right. We made a million dollars a minute. A million dollars a minute. <laughs> like... And I'm just like, yeah, so like, wait 53 minutes, dude. Yeah, yeah. Then you'll be good. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, man, Kanye. And then Life of Pablo, I'm assuming, is he's trying to compare himself to Pablo Picasso? So this is actually interesting. Um, people thought that, yeah. and I think that is one of the references, but he actually, so he went on like this, part of the Twitter rant, part of the stream of consciousness was he's actually talking about uh, Paul of Tarsus. So he's talking about Apostle Paul. Oh, interesting. Um, 
and he was like, he said Apostle Paul was like, you talk about like, you know, like this ties back to Kanye being like a very deeply Christian person, especially like in his own kind of way. And like he talked about like the life of Paul and like how he was reading about it and like how like the things Paul went through. And like, like I, again, I'm not well versed on Christianity. It's actually one of the things I want to do this year is like understand more about yeah. some of these figures. Yeah. Um, remember our, our good friend Ashley Walme took a class on Paul of Tarsus. Oh, yeah, I remember that, um, yeah freshman year but he's like supposed to yeah he's like a very interesting character because didn't he like convert later on or like there's something unique about him among the apostles yeah and so like that's where the namesake comes oh, that's from. pretty cool um, i didn't yeah. realize that but i mean in typical kanye fashion he's comparing himself to paul of tarsus he's not, yeah. <laughs> it's, not, not it's not like an ode <laughs> to paul of tarsus also well, the third the third reference is also pablo escobar right the drug lord oh interesting no yeah paul the apostle was a person who um was persecuting like the early disciples and then, you know, was traveling to somewhere and then like in the middle of that travel had like a vision and at that vision basically uh, we'll have to, we'll have, yeah. You'll have to check this with Mango, who's our uh, who's our pastor friend. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or what, what is he? He's an arch druid? One of those he things? Is, uh, no, he's a reverend. Reverend, he's right. Reverend. reverend Michael yeah, Tango. Michael Tango. Um, oh. <laughs> so Kanye, real friends, dude. Kanye, real friends. How many of us? How many of us? How many? That's what y'all, the listeners. That that's the task. You got to find them real friends, man. You got to find them people you can chat with and tell them to listen. Tell them to listen to this podcast when you find L- them. That's how you know. That's how they'll know that you're a real friend. If they, you got to ask them, yo, can you listen? You want to listen to a podcast with me? And if they, you know, give you the stank eye, you know, they ain't a real friend. Not a real friend. <laughs> that's a litmus test. If nobody wants to listen to the Unwise Index with you, you know that you. Probably got a difficult conversation ahead of you with that friend yeah, at some point. Exactly, exactly. Um, so the album came out. The reason why I called this episode uh, 11 Mark II is because we did try to record an early episode, but, like, I was super jet-lagged. You were in the middle of a bunch of work. Yeah. Um, and we did only – it was, like, 10 minutes long by the end of it. Yeah. So one of the things we, we talked about there before we hung up and, like, just realized we had to go do other stuff was, like, uh, the gaming. The gaming, dude. Gaming, Like, man. we cannot have it not on record. What an amazing time – we had just doing nothing but playing games over winter break for two weeks. Yeah. Destiny. Yeah. And it's like it's like a renaissance of gaming, I feel, for for like us and some of our friends right now. Because like Street Fighter Five just came out. The God Street Fighter. <laughs> Doug God. Yeah, I mean, like we were hinting about it. We were like, yo, listeners, yeah, we had Black Friday. We treated ourselves. We got some things. Yeah. Y'all knew what was coming. Y'all knew you wouldn't see us for a while. Y'all already knew. <laughs> Y'all knew, already knew what was happening. So, yeah, I mean, it's winter break and New Year's, you know, we we celebrated. You might like some people. Some people, you know, pop champagne in the club on New Year's. Some people go to parties, go to raves. Some people like you know go on outdoor expeditions, try to get closer to nature. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were playing Destiny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's the real stuff. As twelve oh one struck, and I have zero regrets about that. I thought that was. Yeah, like, <laughs> I don't remember shit about prior New Years. I will remember that. Yeah, absolutely, that was absolutely. That was a ton of fun. Um, so yeah, I mean, we played we played way too much, man. I don't even want to know how many hours I spent during that break playing games i just like uh, i was like the definition of a slob like i was just like woke up and like i like chipotle bags on my floor (laughs) it's like like, i think there there were like single digit hours like on one hand hours of the day that i was not playing video games while i was awake yeah yeah. um and like like i beat metal gear solid 5 which was an amazing experience like again metal gear was like my franchise of the year like it was amazing to pour like basically over the course of that break not even counting destiny 50 plus hours into metal gear um, just love that yeah, shit. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah, it was just, it was, it was awesome. Like I, uh, games, some people don't get it. Like, I, I feel sorry for people who are like a little bit older, not older than us, but like older out of like the point where they don't, they can't, they can't understand that like experiences like Metal Gear and like Destiny and like other things. Like, like if you can't experience those things, like it's not like what you might've thought of games in a derogatory yeah. fashion in the past. It's like, these are legitimate artistic 
Absolutely. Like, things. It's like an artistic medium that you're just not experiencing if you're not into and it. And not only that, and not like, only an artistic medium, I feel bad for you. also, I mean, you know? obviously you have this tried and true idea that, you know, gaming is this antisocial experience, but, you know, a game like Destiny yeah. is no. inherently social. The opposite. I mean, I was raiding. I was talking about these raids I was doing. So if people don't know, like, raiding is when you get a group of people together to pursue a very complex task in a game, right? So imagine if you were playing chess, but you had to coordinate multiple moves with multiple people each time it was your turn. Um, so that's kind of what a raid is like. And I was, like, asking people to join me in raids. I made, like, a bunch of, like, online friends chit-chatting with people with, like, really yeah, weird that's names. That's dream. Hyper Warfare, Soil Hunter 666. Like, we're, we're having a ton of fun. And it was inherently social. People are joking and having a good time and actually actually doing complex tasks while doing it. And if you call it to be a waste of time, then, you know, reading a book is a waste of time. It's I, I, I almost compare them equivalently. This is an artistic experience where I'm, you know, learning something new. I'm improving, you know, motor skills function. I'm interacting with people. It's, and, enri- it's enriching in some way. And actually making decisions while while playing the game. I think that's useful. Absolutely. And I think, like, again, like, it's one of those things just by sheer uh, time and lineage. Like, you know, reading books is something that's acceptable. Like, playing ga- like playing games, dude. Watching movies. Like, these are things that are, you know, fast forward 100 years. I think, like, how you consume, how you how you learn, like, it's all going to be it's all gonna be in the mix. Um, I hope so. But, I mean, the biggest news is, and if listeners remember our episode, I think episode six, when we talked about, you know, our, why we have such a strong love for gaming and why we defend it so much even, you know, in our mid-20s. I mean, your gaming experience and your gaming life started with Street Fighter, and Street Fighter's back, baby. Street Fighter's it back is. this week. So how are you feeling? Have you tried it yet? Yeah, I actually, so the PlayStation 4, props to the PlayStation 4, I was out of town. It downloaded the full game and installed it and had it ready to go when I came nice. back, just yeah. being in sleep mode. So I was like, this is a next-generation experience. Thank you, Sony. Yeah. Um, you know, I, there's there's been a lot of mixed reviews about how it launched because it kind of launched with like half baked single player modes, like basically the, like half of the game isn't launching like when it comes to like you know the shop functionality, some of the single yeah. player stuff until March. But like the core of the game is multiplayer, yeah. right? Yeah. It's like being able to do multiplayer stuff. And I will say I played a few matches this morning, um, just booted up for the first time. It did take a little while to get matchmaking yeah. going. Yeah. I couldn't really find a couple matches like within five or ten minutes. I was kind of like on my phone waiting for the thing to match. Yeah. Um, like the mechanics, the game like looks beautiful, plays plays really well. I'm really excited about the new mechanics. Yeah. Like I did, I have been a fan of the Street Fighter series forever. Like you said, like since I was like seven years old. But like I haven't really like I want to actually get good at this game. <laughs> like, actually learn the mechanics. Um, and it's like yeah, I got I got I got a, I got I got the you know the official arcade fight stick. Oh damn, that's gonna you, be coming you, you in the mail this week. Nice. Splurge on that. Um, but yeah, I I, I actually I'm a little nervous sh- hearing some of the online stability issues around matchmaking and like connection yeah. and connectivity stuff so like I, again like i just had a few anecdotal experiences that were subpar this morning yeah. but i don't know you played a little bit yeah too. i played as well i think i played a like. total of like seven or eight matches same issues you had like i i came into the game and um i haven't been into fighting games very much but i like i've respected them from afar because i'm like oh well this is like it's not only a matter of you know learning the button combos and so on and so forth and learning the characters but it's a game of like positioning and control and uh, it's almost a psychological game where you have to like understand what someone else might be thinking and doing before they do it, which impacts your own decision making. So I, I've actually like very much loved that aspect of fighting games. So I've never like delved into any of them. So if I wanted to really delve into Street Fighter V. Um, so I got it and I was really excited to play. And then my first three matches, I was telling you, were, were really terrible. Like the the online launch was awful, which was 
curious to me because they had beta tested this thing a few times. Yeah. I'm like, how'd you guys screw this up? Uh, and then the following day, I played a few matches and it was better. It still took me like five, seven minutes to connect to a match or find a match. And even when I connected, sometimes it would disconnect me. It was kind of a mess. But then when I got in, finally, a few of those matches I played, um, I'm losing a lot. <laughs> I think I've only won like two matches. Yeah, it's humbling. Two out of the eight matches or two out of the seven matches. But three of those I lost because of like huge lag issues. But I think the complaints for no single player, like not enough, you know, meat around the bone is valid. But the, the bone itself is solid, man. You can chew on that bone for a long time and you'll be fine. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and I think that's the core of it is just refining that. Um, and I understand it's complicated to like test net code adequately during betas and stuff. But like I think this was a giant bombs um, like trend that needs to stop like in their game of the year deliberations. Yeah. It was like stop shipping broke ass games. Yeah. Like I'm not going to go so far as to say like Street Fighter Five is a broke ass game, but it's like there's this assumption now in the age where you can patch games after they launch yeah. and like patch them to the point where like you are shipping like tens of gigabytes of of like updates, like basically re- replacing the entire game after the fact. Yeah. Where it's like there just seems to be less of an onus to like ship something that works. Like the release date doesn't really mean like this is when it's going to be in good shape, yeah. um, and like that kind of sucks. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's that's generally the issue. It's like if we go back to the idea of like comparing it to other art forms, like the only other art form I could think of that has the ability to change aspects of it is like a director's cut of a movie. But even that is not as substantial changes as like you can't ship a movie with like forty minutes missing, right? Like it's like you can also revise. You can also revise books, I guess. But yeah. It's like you got to go back and buy them. Yeah. Like you got to choose to buy that second form of the book. It's not editing your version of that thing. Yeah. So yeah. like the marketplace needs to like respect that, and the people who are producing this stuff need to respect the consumer who's like engaging with the art um, for it to move forward. And I, I just think that like right now you have like money grubbing. Um, corporations just pushing out stuff because people will buy it. And I bought it. Right? I put it about a full price. Um, and if, at yeah. the end of the day, in like two weeks, three weeks, I'm sure it'll be resolved, but it definitely left a sour taste in my mouth. I'm like, oh man, I'm going to turn this shit off. Like, I don't even feel like playing another game. But long term, I do think Street Fighter V, um, it's a game that I think I'll play like a handful of matches when I have free time. It, I don't think it's like a game where you can have an extended gaming session because um, it feels to me a little yeah. bit like StarCraft. It, like, yeah, exactly. My mental state is not as stressed as it was when I played StarCraft, but I, I could see myself, you know, treating it uh, in a similar way, like I'm a keeper finding and improving, and then I can only play like a, you know five, six matches at a time uh, and then move on to something else. Yeah, exactly. It's like almost have to have to like schedule time to do it because if I come back late and I'm tired, it's like I don't know if I'll be in the right state of mind to actually like play competitive matches. Um you gotta you gotta get in the you gotta get in the zone for that stuff. Yeah, no, definitely. But I'm excited, man. I mean, the game looks gorgeous. 60 FPS, solid. I'm gonna play in my boy Rashid and uh, oh, Fang, yeah? Rashid and Fang. In the game. New character, both new characters. Yeah, I'm digging them. They're 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 pretty solid. Um, so it's good. Yeah, I'm sticking with Ryu, classic, the vanilla character. Um, but yeah, I'm just getting into it. So we'll, we'll we'll have Mango on or somebody else on. We'll have like a, a discussion about this because we might all be going to Evo this year, the big fighting game tournament. Uh, check it out. Actually, know um, what we should we'll, do? We'll try to. I, let's announce that? it right now. Evo 2016 mm-hmm. live video cast of the Unwise Index on the Evo oh, floor. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be oh, yeah. down. Well, That'd be hilarious. <laughs> We can totally do it. Have our, have our own, like yeah. It's like we'll, we'll just have like the most popping Twitch channel out there. You know. Yeah, dude. It'd be hilarious. Stream, stream, stream uh, interviews with Daigo, all the all the pro players. All right, we're committing to it right now in the air. Committing. <laughs> we can always edit this part out if we don't want to commit Listeners to it. Listeners have to hold us accountable, though. Hold us accountable. 
It's like an interesting idea. Like it's like uh, that's one of the parts again. We talk about this podcast a lot, but like uh, Naval Ravikant's podcast with uh, um, Tim Ferriss. Like one of the one of the parts that I like. One of the quotes he says is like, "You have to understand your own vices and be able to like use them to motivate yourself to do certain right, things." Right. So it's like basically like if you know you're somebody who doesn't like uh, committing to something publicly and then like reneging on it, like commit to something that you know right. you're, you're going to want to have to do. Right. And like, you'll end up like holding yourself accountable for yeah. it. So in that spirit, we're going to hold ourselves accountable for live broadcasting Evo, or at least parts of it. Yeah. Cause we're also going to be competing. I mean, come on. Yeah, we're going to, we're not, I mean, it's not, it's not going to be a competition though. I mean, we're going to win this thing. The best that ever was. We're going to win this thing. <laughs> What's the prize pool? How much money is it? Lupe Fiasco, I don't know. I think it's a fair amount, though. Lupe Fiasco was playing. Uh, Daigo is the number one. He's a Japanese player, number one Street Fighter player, legendary player. Um, he was playing Lupe Fiasco here in, like, an exhibition match in San Francisco. Yeah. And um, Lupe won, right? <laughs> there's this video of Lupe winning one of the matches, and, like, his facial expression seems to indicate that he doesn't know that he won. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> was it set up, or did Lupe actually beat him? No, it was just, like, it was just like playing matches. You, it did not look like Daigo was going his absolute hardest yeah, yeah, yeah. on him, but yeah. um, it was fine. Yeah. That's hilarious. Oh, Lupe Fiasco. Um, he was at one point one of Kanye's protégés. Got a little politically charged in some of his lyrics. Like, got, kind of went a little bit, a little little hard-lined, I think, with some of the political lyrics. Yeah. I don't know. He kind of, like, disappeared there. Speaking of political lyrics and street fight, we got a street fight in the race right now, man. We got the Trump. He's trumping people. You know, this is really a victory for bullies. So, you know, as of... As you know, they always think about hey, anti-bully this, bullies never win, yada yada. Jeb Bush, as of yesterday, dropped uh, yeah. just dropped out of the Republican R. I. P. race. R.I.P. Jeb. R.I.P. Jeb. Jesus. Oh, we got a lot of we got some overdue R.I.P.s. R.I.P. Jeb. Um, R.I.P. Um, Martin O'Malley. I think yeah. I don't know if we got to him before. Um, a few others as well. Yeah. I mean, like R.I.P. Chris Christie. Uh, yeah, it's like it's it's I mean like Trump won South Carolina. Yeah. Um, I think it's somebody told me on somebody by somebody I mean somebody on Twitter said like it hasn't been since 1928 or something like that that a Republican nom or contestant for the nomination has won both New Hampshire and South Carolina and not been the nominee. Yeah. So I mean, Trump 2016. Hope you all are ready if for Trump's that. If Trump's the nominee, though, like, he has a better shot of beating him, Bernie or Hillary. I mean, I think Hillary has a better shot because she's like, like Bernie and Bernie and Trump, I think, is like one of those like complete like dice roll. Like, I don't know what will happen. Yeah. I think, yeah. you know, because like who, who will who will those moderates, which I think is a chunk of people in a lot of the swing states go to. It's like it could go to either side of that, like that, like those polar opposites. Yeah. Um, I mean, it seems like on a surface level, Hillary is more electable. But when you look at the polls, even general election polls that people have done where they, you know, are looking at right now Bernie versus Trump. Tr- uh, Bernie's lead on Trump is more substantial than Hillary's lead on Trump and is more substantial than uh, Hillary's lead on Ted Cruz if you look at that um, construction as well, you know, Bernie versus Ted or Hillary versus Ted. So I still, I'm, I'm, I'm not feeling the burn, but I think the, the way people discount Bernie as unelectable, too divisive, uh, too extreme, um, I don't think that is... is fully valid, but the only variable, confounding variable is here that he recently lost, right? And it's because of voter turnout and the most of his voting base is our age of individuals who have a propensity of not showing up. You know, it's like, you know, I'll support you on Facebook and Twitter, man, but I got to get out of bed. I got to go. I got to do yeah, some shit. Yeah, that's the big thing. It's like I'm these, good. These I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tweet about it. Like, that's that's where they're, uh, 
their love stories. I have a feeling, though, if Donald Trump is on the ballot in November, like, people will show up to the polls one way or the other. Just to like, avoid that? Yeah. yeah. I mean, or, like, or, or, or to support it. It's like, yeah, you're, you're gonna, yeah. like, I think a lot of people are going to have an opinion one way or the other. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, I mean, I just want America to be great again, man. That's and, what we all you know. want, though. And, like, I'm not sure. Um, the goofy thing is, like, Trump has, like, said, uh, there was some interview I thought was astonishing when people, like, when someone was asking him, so when you when you say this stuff on the trail, like um, on the election trail, like do you do you fully believe it? And he's like, no, not really. <laughs> you know, it's like I'm gonna change when I'm in office, but you just gotta, as Connie said, you get, you gotta get the people going, right? <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah. Uh, and he's done a really great job of that. So he's not as frightening to me as someone like a Ted Cruz, who I think is does believe what he wants, what what he's saying. He's committed to some of that. And even his father, like Rafael Cruz, like this, that dude's crazy. And like, if that's his upbringing, hey, you know, uh, Raphael, Raphael's a cool ass name, but cool name. can't support yeah, that stuff. If that was his upbringing, that's who he's surrounded by. That's who he wants to, um, you know, he, I, I, he was quoted at one point. He wants to live the life of his father or like he has deep respect for that man. It's just fine. I get that. But I think, I think Ted's first name is actually Raphael. As well. Oh, really? Oh, I didn't know that. Um, um, that's a scary which thought. Which means he's, he's secretly, he's secretly a Ninja Turtle and we should vote for him. <laughs> Um, and TMNT. That's a throwback to the first episode for the truest of true fans. Uh, I know, it? man. Uh, TMNT. I, uh, the new TMNT movie, Still I think, is, is coming that. out sometime soon. So I'm pretty excited. Wait, is another yeah, one? There's another one coming out. Well, the other one, oh first one was so successful. So. Like, we, we gotta, <laughs> I mean, it was on Netflix. <laughs> we got to milk this thing. <laughs> but yeah, Ted Cruz is going to be a uh, huge, huge issue here. Um, I don't think he's going to. I, I think that. I think. See. I, I almost like I well it's almost like choosing between like two shitty options, but I feel like the the Republican establishment, who, whoever exists, like the RNC, is like well shit, like none of us like Cruz, and we certainly don't know what a maverick like like a real maverick like Trump is going to do. He doesn't have any allegiance to us. Yeah. It's like I don't know, I don't know who they're going to support. It's like they got Rubio, but I feel like Rubio Rubio's trying so hard to be the Republican Obama, and the dude just. Like, he just can't do it. I'm sorry. Yeah, the, you hear he's, the, just, he's just not he there. He watched a clip where he was repeating himself, like, multiple times. Yeah, it's like it's like <laughs> the, Rub- the Rubio bot 4000, yeah. like, like, blew a chip. It's like, what the fuck yeah. happened? <laughs> he's like, I'm reading. He's like, oh, shit, I'm out of water, man. I need some water recharge. Let me take a sip. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> it's like, it's kind of like the thing with Jeb, where it's like, at some point, you got to just... Yo, his logo looks like a goddamn Froyo store logo, dude. Have you seen his logo? You can't win with that logo. Moment I saw Jeb's logo too, oh, I knew Jeb's. Jeb couldn't win. It's all in the logo, man. Trump got a good logo. Hillary got an okay logo. Yeah, it's, like, it's, it's not Jeb. It's Jeb. <laughs> Je- it's like Jeb. It's like Jeb. Like it's like some yeah. sort of like new like you know like yogurt to help with your digestive tract. Yeah, I mean I, I still think the be- I mean but I have to call you out on that logic because by that logic, we should have still seen our boy Bobby Jindal at the lead. That's too tanned and ready. That was probably the best logo. Tanned. So <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't know. It's true. Oh, man, Bobby has been radio silent. Yeah, Bobby's been silent. Because he's not governor anymore either, man. I wonder what he's doing. I haven't right heard now. about Carson in a bit either. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> you hear that, like, Cruz is, like, some – he claims rogue contingent of his own campaign. Like, was, tele, was like, telephoning people, like, auto-robo-calling people in Iowa, telling them that uh, Carson had dropped out of the race when he hadn't. Oh, wow. And so a lot of people went over to Cruz. And, like, Cruz won Iowa. So, like – uh, there, there's some bad blood there where people are like, man, playing dirty, trying to get those voters by misrepresenting the fact this dude dropped yeah, out. He didn't yeah, drop he didn't out. Drop out yeah. People just stopped paying attention. It's like he just he was just he was just asleep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I mean, Ben Carson got to support our alma mater. 
Oh, yeah, no, no, we don't. No, we yeah, don't. No, <laughs> I can't don't. even lie about <laughs> it. Really don't though. Really don't though. You need some more grain, dude. Some grain. <laughs> go visit I Egypt. Get some grain. Recharge, man. Recharge. It's kind of like it's it's like a Kanye ism to that though, right? It's like he's just like I, you know, I'm confident in this. I'm just gonna be confident in this. Yeah. There's no reason why <laughs> yeah. I should be, but there's grain in those pyramids. And part of me deeply respects that for whatever yeah. reason. <laughs> yeah. He's a man of principle. You got to respect that. Yeah. I mean, s- principles that I don't necessarily agree with, but. He's got that principle of lying, you know. It's, it's solid principle, man. <laughs> Gifted hands. hands. Politics, though. Hashtag. You know, I mean, we'll see. It'll work out. We'll see what happens. I'm all for it. I mean, I'm all for, I'm, I'm all for Bernie right now because. I saw this other clip. Like, you have to understand that, like, I understand that Hillary is, could be construed more electable, has tremendous more experience, and it comes off very clearly when she's talking about foreign policy in these uh, these tables and town halls. And you can argue against, you know, she has close ties to already entrenched interests. She's D.C. as usual. It's not going to change really any anything, and maybe it can't be changed, and Bernie's not the appropriate candidate. But the thing I love about Bernie is this dude's been fighting for a while like I saw an image of That's him at a, at a civil rights protest in the 60s and he was being arrested. And there's a video of him being arrested. Yeah. And I'm like, those are the types of experiences that influence decision making. So maybe he will not be able to get, you know, a single payer health system happening. And like Bernie ain't going to happen. Like coming from the healthcare system, you can tout it all you want. You're pl- you might have some st- substantial plan, but it's just not going to happen. And a lot of other views he has are just going to happen. But when I look at the... Uh, the gray region that occurs in decision-making at the presidential level, who would I want to trust more and who do I think has the right guiding forces and in impacting their decision-making? I would rather trust someone like a Bernie versus Hillary who will, seems that she might cave into something and she might be, you know, people will state that being less extremist allows people to compromise more effectively, but maybe the time is, time is not right for compromise, right? Like maybe... Maybe we should just hold to our guns and see what happens. And I would rather want Bernie, who's held to his guns for some of the core beliefs uh, he's had currently for many, many years, to be that position. Well, literally also held to his guns on some beliefs because of it. You know, he, he claims he's upfront about his Second Amendment position, but uh, because of his constituents in Vermont. But that's, I think, the one knock against him that I've heard kind of clearly. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, and I, I I agree with that sentiment. I, I like the movement, right? I like I like yeah. Bernie as a person. I think he's very authentic. Again, I, I'm not super excited about either yeah. candidate on the on the Democratic yeah. side because um, I think Bernie, again, great presence to have on national politics. Do I think of him necessarily as somebody I want as the commander in chief of the United States? I don't know. Like I think like he's a good voice to have in that arena. And I think like, again, maybe it's not the time for compromise, like you said, and like he'd be the best messenger or the best perhaps like uh, conduit for pushing through changes that need to happen when it comes to like, you know, economic inequality, when it comes to all that stuff. Um, And Hillary is like, I think a lot of the reasons why Hillary didn't win the first time around, it's like, she's just, you know, she's a very solid candidate. She's extremely qualified. I think she does have a great track record of doing a lot of a pretty good stuff. Yeah. Like, you know, she was also like, like John Lewis and all these people will say like she was involved in the civil rights movement yeah. to some extent when she was growing up too. Yeah. Like he says, I saw Bill, Bill Clinton there. I saw Hillary Clinton there when she was Hillary Rodham yeah. Yeah. back then. Um, but like, she's just, it's just like, it's like such a, such a overwhelming feeling of like establishment inertia yeah. with her, like, it's kind of like she's just like the opposite side of like somebody like Jeb Bush, except Jeb doesn't have as much clout or as much force, obviously. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, just hard to get excited. Um, so like Bernie has that energy, has that, has that vibe at least, but it's like, 
you know, I'm not excited about anybody the way that I was about Obama when I caucused for him in Iowa, when I voted for the dude twice. Like, yeah. I don't think he's delivered on everything, but I think he's been pretty solid all around. Like, I'm not, I'm not that excited. I'm just concerned. Like, right now, we're already seeing how people are using the ties that Hillary has to the establishment. Like, everyone quotes the idea that she's been paid hundreds of thousands of dollars for, you know, speeches at Wall Street, uh, at Goldman, and so on and so forth. And I think that when the machine on the Republican, Republican side gets going for months on months, if she's the nominee, they're going to reveal more and more ties to the establishment, which are going to really hurt any moderates who have currently, I feel, the feeling right now is the country of they hate the gridlock in Washington. They don't yep. like the establishment. They do want to see some level of change. And the parallel structure between Bernie and Trump is they're offering their view of stating, even though Trump is very much establishment, he's stating, I can change the establishment because I know it well, and I'm the person who's feeding this corrupted system with money, right? And I can change it while Bernie is in the opposite spectrum. But Hillary hasn't made a strong enough case to appeal to that tone of saying um, the system needs to be broken. Um, and I, I, because she, she can't authentically say that because she's been part of it for so long. And I think when that gets more and more revealed, it's not going to do, um, it's not going to go well. Because I think that's what, why Bernie is becoming so, more, so much popular in the past few months is because people identify strongly with that. They're fed up. Um, so that's my concern is that she might look on face value more electable, but we look at what is guiding people's voting decisions right now. The hatred for the powers that be in Washington is so high that if you're not presenting that story, I don't think it's going to work out too well. Yeah, it's true. There's definitely populist anger. Yeah. I mean, that's just at all time high, right? It's like I, like part of me thinks that that could drive a decision like a Trump versus Hillary battle towards Trump. Yeah. Part of me also thinks that Hillary would do better in that battle Against, like, against Trump versus against someone like Rubio because like she can only really overcome the cynicism and the feelings of like sort of, you know, like, oh, she's so establishment if there's genuine fear about the other person being president. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. like it's like with Rubio, like maybe he can play up. He's less establishment. He's a newer face. He's fresher to politics that might cut against her. Whereas like with Trump, yeah, there's definitely a chance where uh, she could lose all those establishment battles in a really cutting way. Yeah. But she could also on the on the flip side be like, Look, I am the last thing between you and Trump as president. Yeah. Vote for yeah. me. <laughs> like that could work to your advantage too, right? Yeah. Um, Potentially, yeah. Potentially. I don't know. It's like it's a coin flip, man. Or it's probably not, but I'm gonna think of it as a coin flip. So make sure you got you know, make sure you got your stuff on point this year, guys, everybody listening. Because depending on what happens, who knows what twenty seventeen might be uh, might be the might be the the apocalypse. Might be the, might be, might be, dude. Uh, just might be the days told. But days you know told. when when the buildings are falling, the sky is dark, you'll always have the unwise index to listen to. So things are all right. 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 Make sure you record this offline when the internet goes down. Yeah. Well, that's what we're saying. We're going to put this shit in the Library of Congress. You can always visit and listen to this shit. How do you, we got to look up how you get stuff in the Library of Congress because I'm sure we could – it can't be that hard. There's a lot of it's shit. It's a big there. library, dude. They can, they can fit us in. Right. They can fit us in. Yeah. <laughs> that's a great resume item. Right? Yeah. Library, library of Congress. Congress. That's it. <laughs> Featured. Featured in the Library of Congress. Um, so to close it off, uh, we need marketing interns, so hit us up. Yep. Sponsors, again, sponsors for this year. Um, sponsors. We had a lot of sponsors who were just like basically being like, hey, come on, guys. You guys can come back on the air. So we're back on the air now. Yeah. So now, uh, you know, send us send us your send us your stuff. We need that merch. We need that merch. Yeah, I want to make some merch at some point. Ooh, that's a, yeah, that's a good idea. That's another thing. If any listener would buy some merch, we'll make it for you. <laughs> yeah 
Exactly. If you have stuff that you would buy immediately, let yeah. us know. I'll be factored, factored into the design process. We can use a couple of cache lines. We got like the RIP cache line. I just want to make some really Illuminati looking shit. It's like, ooh, what is that? Pyramid <laughs> on pyramid on pyramid shit. Upside down triangle. <laughs> yeah, it's like, if there's a way to have like a GIF on a shirt, that would be amazing. Because I, I knew that GIF, like they draw the triangle. That's a great fucking idea. Places. Imagine that. like A GIF on a shirt. Yep. That's what we're going to do. There's got to be. That's a, that's a trillion dollar there's idea. There's got to be some material that does that, right? You'd have like know. multiple layers on the shirt and like in between the layer, there'd be some liquid. And I, I dude, uh, we can't talk about it anymore. I got a plan for this. Yeah, we gotta I got to plan yourself. for this. We got to cut it off. All right, cut it Trade off, Trade secrets. Cut it off, dude. Cut it off. <laughs> cut it off. Cut it off. All right. Matrimony scriptures, corpse bride, alimony, lip service, six circus, insane monkey, jewel fruit, body, blood, bone, mucus, hierarchy, keep the sneak, baby, look alike party, Frost Nixon, Mel Gibson, ask God, tie, ask God, why, Mary got me, got dick, chimichangas, hot, sick, cop, quick, blow fast, slime, shit, you go, heems, it's your dream, we green team, we fiend cream, the lean bean machine in my mean bean, look, doctor in my smock. Sparking the tree, marching with me, out sharp ten and three, marching.
all of my people Black, white, Latino Slave only white men said we were all equal Model minority said don't be evil Heathrow said we were illegal Mr. Me Negro Like Benito on the beat though Chico, Marks, the ego ZZX too sexy Right said Fred, he's a Lexi KFC, original recipe is demonology Boots, boots and wallabies is modern day pottery Peace.